Happy Sabbath, everyone. Thank you, Elder Stewart, for leading us through this song. And I want to thank all those who uh, led out in our worship service today. The Lord deserved the highest praise. Amen? Amen? I hope you felt like you you have been worshiping the Almighty God today. And there's there, there's more to come. Praise the Lord. I just want to say, right after the service, remember if you if you're a leader in this church, if you're leading a department, or if you're assisting. Uh, uh, in leading a department here at Garland Church, I'm going to ask you right after church, remember we have our leadership meeting today, um, we're going to cover some topics that we really need to. Um, Sister Alicia will be guiding us through our verified volunteers process. We will have a calendaring process as well, so we need each of your input and so just please remember, if you're the leader of a department, um, let's stay behind. Uh, we will have just a little meal for, for, for those who stay behind. And so after we, we eat, we'll just fellowship together and um, enjoy a good team meeting together. All right? Thank you. One amen. Uh, <laughs> All right, and, and it was really good to be with our Pathfinders last weekend. Praise the Lord at the Pathfinders introduction. Um, our, uh, our director, Brother Adam, I did see him here, right, there you go. Yeah, uh, he's doing a, uh, and his team, doing a wonderful job with our young people. And let me just say congratulations to all of our Pathfinders. Now, now you have been inducted. Praise the Lord. Let's do it. <laughs> now you have been inducted. Now it's time to do some good work in the year ahead. Amen. And so praise the Lord. Amen. All right. All right. Love for you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke. chapter 19. Gospel of Luke, chapter 19. I want to read verse 11 and 12, which would form the basis for the Lord's word this afternoon. Now, as they heard these things, he spoke another parable. Because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Therefore he said, a certain man, a certain nobleman, went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then to return. Let's pray. Our Father, here we are once again inside your temple. You have heard our singing, you have, you have heard our prayers. Father, you have received our faithfulness in giving. And now it's time, Father, to hear a word from you. I first want to ask that your presence would be with me. I surrender all that I am into your hands. There's nothing more, Father, than I look forward to but to see Jesus being uplifted this afternoon. Father, I ask that you take full control. I give it all over to you of all my faculties. I place them will, willingly in your hands 
And I just ask, Lord, that you'll speak to me throughout the process. And that you'll also speak through me to your people. May as we hear your words today, may we not leave only with your words, but may we leave today with a strong determination to do something about what we have heard. And Father, we know only the help of your Holy Spirit that is able to help us to accomplish that. And so we invite him in our presence today. Bless us, teach us, and change us. In Jesus' name. Amen. More beyond. More beyond. The story, the story is told about a city called Valladolid. It's a city in Spain. And Chris, Christopher Columbus died in that city. 1506. In that city, uh, there stands a monument commemorating the discoverer. Perhaps the most interesting feature of this memorial is a statue of a lion destroying one of the Latin words that had been a part of the motto of Spain. Before Columbus made his voyages, the Spaniards thought that they had reached the utter limits of the earth. Thus, their motto was ne plus ultra, which means no more beyond. No more beyond. Ne plus ultra. The word being torn away by the lion on the statue is the word ne or no, which makes the motto now reads plus ultra, plus ultra, more beyond. Columbus had proven that there was indeed more beyond what they were experiencing. There was a vast world beyond them for them to see and explore. More beyond. When Jesus approached his disciples here in this text, he wanted to share with them how vast Christianity is. He wanted to share with them that anyone who chooses to unite their life with his, he has a way of blessing them with more beyond. There's one level where being a person without the Lord Jesus Christ, where life is just stuck in such a mode whereby when death strikes, there's nothing to look forward to. Are you with me? There's no more beyond. I want to say also for people who choose to say that they're Christians, but they do nothing about their Christianity, they don't act upon it, in fact, they hear so much words about Christianity and call themselves Christians. I say to such people today, there is net plus ultra. There is no more what? Beyond. However, for the person who chooses to say, I am coming to Jesus. I am giving my life to him. And wherever he wants to take me, whatever he wants me to do, 
That's what I'm going to commit to do. For those people, there is what? More beyond. There's more beyond just coming to church and listen to a sermon. There is, there is far more beyond saying hallelujah. Are you with me? There's actually something that's literally tangible that expands a person's life into so many different territories and so many different ways where life begins to be significant more than just what they observe and what they experience upon this world. Jesus was about to deal with this very fact with his disciples in this text. He's saying there's far more that I have in store for you than what the world has in store for people. He has just dealt with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a man. You, you remember him? Jesus had to say, Zacchaeus, guess what? I'm coming to your house today. Salvation is today. And Zacchaeus invited him over. Jesus had a wonderful experience with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus gave his life to the Lord. And then Jesus said to him in verse 9, And Jesus said to Zacchaeus, Today salvation has come to your house. Because he also is a what? Son of Abram. For the Son of Man has come to what? Seek and save. You know, that's the heart of Jesus. He's after those who are lost. He, he's constantly on the move trying to share with people that I have more in this life for you. That's what Jesus is after. I have so much that I can fill you with if you only receive it. And he's going to every person with that message. I have done something for you that will last for eternity if you'd only accept me. There's nothing else in this world that can provide you with what I have in store for you. And so Jesus now, speaking with his disciples, knowing that they were very concerned about what was about to happen. He was on his way to Jerusalem. This was his final journey. He knows what, what was about to happen to him. It was his last. And so, knowing what they were thinking, now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable. You know, Jesus loved telling parables. You know, with parables, he could... He could he could get rid of all ambiguity and focus very, very clearly on the truth that he's about to share. And no one would be left with any excuse because he was so clear. And so he shares with them a little story. He says, because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. They thought that Jesus was about to conquer the Romans and bring in a new leadership. Are you with me? They thought that this was it. All of the oppression that they were facing from the, the Roman government is about to be decimated. Jesus is about to bring in a new kingdom. And so let's go. It's going to happen Right now, immediately, Jesus knew this was in their thought. The Bible says, therefore he said, a certain nobleman went into a what? A near country. Are you following the text with me? Yes. He went where? A far country. In other words, firstly, Jesus is saying, the Son of Man is about to leave. And he's about to leave for a long time. 
They are thinking that, hey, Jesus is about to do something. So he's, about, he's going to be here. Are you with me? And he's going to set up a kingdom. But now Jesus said, is saying, uh, this noble man went away. Wow. Jesus, this noble man is you. I thought you were going to be here. This noble man went away, Jesus said, into a far country. In fact, Jesus, you're going away for a long time? Are you with me? I thought you're going to do something in the next couple of days. Jesus continued the narrative. A certain noble man went into a far country to receive to himself a kingdom and to return. My, my, I can, I can see the disciples. I can see them hearing these words and being shattered. This was their only hope. Can you imagine? They thought that they'll be freed and this is it. But now they have to wait for a long time. For a long time. Have you ever felt like that before? When you thought that something was going to happen, but it didn't? And in fact, it then seems as if it will never happen. This quite, the same way you would feel, the same way I would feel in situations like that, these disciples were feeling the very same thing. They started to feel despondent, rejected, wondering what is Jesus trying to communicate? He said he was going to go away. He would receive for himself a kingdom. Then after that, he would return. And so he called ten servants and delivered to them ten minions, minions, and said to them, some Bible says, occupy. Occupy till I what? So this, this nobleman, he called ten of his what? Servants. He called them servants. I want you to make a note of that. Because this text mentions three types of people. I want you to remember the first type of people. They're called what? Servants. Ten of them, and he gave them all one minions. Everybody get the same minions. Are you with me? They all got, you know what a minas, min, minas, I should say? It's like three months wages. Everybody got that. They all got the same. What is God saying there through this parable? We know that Jesus, yes, Jesus went back to heaven, didn't he? He went to the far country. And we know when he went to the far country, he went and visited with his father. Amen? Amen. And then he said he's coming back. Between the time he went to heaven and the time that he actually comes back, there's a period of time that we don't know how long that is. Are you with me? We don't know how long. But during that time, that he's away. He has given to us something. Something he has given to every person who has accepted him as their Lord and Savior. Everybody has gotten something. Are you with me? What is that something? We don't really uh, know exactly, exactly what it is. All we can say is, we know God has blessed every person with something. Are you with me? Whatever that thing is, it's equal in the sight of God when it comes to every person. So in other words, we know that God has blessed every person who come to him with a gift. 
are some kinds of talent. Are you with me? It means that your talent is no more important in the eyes of God than my talent that I got. Or not because I'm a preacher, somehow the talent that God blessed me with is somehow more important to you who are serving lunch to everyone after church. Come on, y'all. In the sight of God, whatever he has blessed you with, all right, they're seen in his, in his eyes as equal. He does not see anyone more important than the other. And that's why it's so important for what you do for God in this church. It doesn't matter to me what you do. Many people do stuff in this church that nobody knows except me. Are you with me? But God knows what they're doing. And it's a blessing to the flock. And God sees that as important as he sees me standing up speaking to you. The problem is, when you're in the church and you do nothing. That is the problem. That means God can't find any value from you. Jesus is preaching to some people today. Uh, we're going somewhere, y'all. We're stepping it through. But he's after something in this text. And he wants everyone to know that they're very important to him. Extremely important. And the moment... You were baptized into a pool. The moment you came up, it's like when Jesus came up out of the river. The Bible said what? The Holy Spirit came upon him like a? Like a dove. By the way, are you hearing me clearly? Do I need to use the next mic? We're good? Use the next one? <laughs> All right, let me get the yellow mic. So, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus like a what? God blessed him with something. Hallelujah. And the moment, the moment Jesus received the Holy Spirit, he began his ministry for the Lord. Alright? And look at what God did through his life. And God is saying, there's some talent I've blessed you with. In fact, God is also saying, listen, not only talent, there's some gift of finances that I've blessed you with. But not because you have more money that i blessed you with than someone else. It means that somehow I see you of more value than the other person. I blessed you with that to do something with it for my kingdom. That's the only reason you have it. Are you with me? I don't know what God has, has blessed you with. I can tell some things that he has blessed me with. All right? And all I can do is to take what he has done for me and do something with it. Come on, y'all. The problem I find in this text, I find that this word is a problem within the church. If, if, if I had the opportunity to not use this word back then when they were writing the scriptures, I would have said, can we use another word? <laughs> the problem is they use the word occupy till I what? And the moment you use the word occupy, you know what that means to people? Just maintain. <laughs> Just maintain. In fact, let me give you an example. If I'm going away, Let's say I'm going to the Bahamas, and I say to someone, I say, Brother Elder Errol, my wife and I, we're going to be out of the house. My boys, they're not going to be there. The house is going to be empty for a month. Can you occupy our house for us while we're gone? In that case, I can see Elder Thomas going by and checking on the house. Making sure there's no broken windows, right? Making sure there's no broken pipes. Making sure everything is good, correct? And just enjoying the pool. 
I don't have a pool. <laughs> but I can see him just relaxing on a Sunday, just enjoying the house, right? The fact is, in this essence, in this text, it has nothing to do with occupying a house. Nothing. In fact, it does mean Elder Errol. I'm going to the Bahamas next week. I need someone to occupy my McDonald's store down the road. Are you able to spend some time and take care of my business? Now you're talking Bible. Now you're talking Bible. Because when Elder Aaron now goes to the McDonald's, he has to make sure that during the month, it keeps turning over business and making a profit. Are you with me? So when he gets there, from the moment he gets there, there's no sitting around. He's working. He's making sure everybody's doing what they should do. He's physically at work, mentally at work, emotionally at, at work. He's, he wants to make sure that when I come back and I check my bank account, that was a profit I was making before, and he made some more. Hallelujah. And I just gave him a little sum of it. All right? And he's happy. That's what occupy means. It doesn't mean sitting. It means what? Working. And no wonder why some biblical translations say, do business till I come. I like that. I prefer that, that translation. Do business till I come. Get to work. There's no sitting around. Before I come, my people should be working for my kingdom. And they'll be doing it happily. That's what Jesus is saying. And he's saying, listen, I don't want disciples who sit around. Occupy. Do business. Till I come back. But this citizen, but his citizen... First, they were servants. Now they're what? Citizens. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying what? We will not have this man reign over us. You know, the beauty of this text is the beauty of God's rule. I want to say, there are two kinds of people, if you could, in this world. There are people who, are, who appreciate and who enjoys the rule of God. God having dominion over them. There are people who love to sit under the control of their mighty father. They have no problems with that. In fact, they are blessed by him. While there are others who say, I will not be dominated. I will not be ruled by no person. God are human. Are you following? That's what's happening here. There are servants who love God and who love to sit under his, his rule, his leadership. While there are others who want to have nothing to do with it. And the ones who don't want to. Sure enough, the Bible says they're called citizens and they hate him. Jesus is speaking here in verse 15, and so it was that when he returned, when he returned, having received the what? Kingdom. He then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. So remember, he blessed his servants with what? Three months what? Wages, correct? And now he's, he's back. You know, friends, Jesus is coming back. When he comes back, that's a judgment day. Come on, y'all. He's speaking to his disciples. 
Yes, this was before he left. But he's also speaking to us before he comes. And he's about now to ask them, what have you done with what I've blessed you with? No one can say, oh Jesus, you remember the, there's another parable, oh Jesus, I mean you, you blessed me with more than the other person. The fact is, everything that he gave to his servants here in this text was of similar value in his eyes. So no one can say, I got too much, I got too little. Everybody got what? Something. And so now, we're stepping it through. So now, he comes back. He's about to ask his people, what have you done? What have you done? Then came the first saying, Master, your, your minya has earned ten. Can you imagine that? I mean, he multiplied what he got ten times. I mean, amazing. But you know what I like? He, he did not say, my, my minia. He said what? Yours. In other words, he didn't appropriate it to himself. I really like this guy. This guy or, 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 or girl or whoever this person is, he said, listen, everything that you bless me with, it's yours. And this is what you have done with me to multiply it. In fact, he said, I have, what he said, Master, your minion has earned ten minions. And he said to him, well done, good servant. This servant is a good servant. Mark that down. Because you were faithful. In fact, not only good, but he was what? Faithful. This is a faithful, good servant who took what God gave him and multiplied it. So when he came, he got more than what he gave. And then he said, um, uh, faithful in a little have authority over ten cities. Wow. Faithful servant, three months' wage, when the Lord came back, he was given ten cities. I know when I heard, when I read that too, I was kind of silent. Because I was trying to figure out ten cities, it doesn't, doesn't make sense. I mean, you're giving this person far more. You know what I mean? Then that you, then you gave them in the first place. How are, I mean, I can't even imagine that reward. God is saying for the faithful people who, who, who continue to do his work and do something about what he has blessed them with, he is going to reward those people. I said to myself, Lord, um. If you gave this guy 10 city, I tell you what, I could do good with one city. Are you, are you following me? I mean, running one city, I mean, I'll be blessed by that. But imagine you gave this person 10. That's just showing how much God appreciates when we take what he blessed us with and do something about it. He will move heaven and earth. He will do anything possible so that he might be a blessing to us. In fact, second one came to him and said, Master, your minia has earned five. Ooh. I took the one you gave me and I, I, I worked it and worked it. And now that you're here, I have five to present to you. And then he said, likewise, to him, you also be over what? Five cities. Mercy. What of God? To the faithful, 
to the good servant, God has rewards for us. Are you with me? He is not going to leave us without an, an reward. He's not going to do it. He has something in store for his people. Now and for when he comes. But then another came. What the Bible didn't say here. <laughs> it just says then another came. What it meant. Then another servant came. This is a part of the, the, the servants that he, that he blessed with a what? With one minion, right? A second one came. A third one, I should say, came. So this is somebody who is in the church. This is somebody who says, I'm a child of God. This is somebody who is, who is thinking while being in church that they're saved. This is somebody who says they have a, a relationship with Jesus. They're a servant. Remember I told you there are three types of people? Yes, there's a good, faithful servant. But then there's another type of servant which Jesus is going to talk about. This person came to Jesus. Master, here is your minia. God gave him one. Jesus came back. Here it is. Right? And I tell you what, it sounds like this person feels very good about what he's about to do. Lord, you gave me one. And I still have it. Here it is. Listen to Jesus, folk. You know, this, are, this is not my words. Jesus said, which I have kept put away in an handkerchief. In other words, they took the minia, wrapped it in an handkerchief to keep it safe. Are you with me? All right. Jesus is not about keeping his things safe. If he came to earth and tried to live safe, where would we be? For I feared you, he said, because you are an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, out of your own mouth, I will judge you. Listen to what he called this servant. He's a servant. And then Jesus said, you wicked servant. Good, faithful servant. But then a what? Wicked servant. For Jesus to call this person wicked, you might think, Jesus, why would you do that? Why would you do that, Lord? He knows what's happening in his church. While I don't know, he knows. He said, you wicked servant, you knew that I, had, I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you put my money in the bank? Why, why then did you not yeah, put my money in the bank that my coming, that at my coming, I might have collected it with interest? You know what Jesus is, is about here? This nobleman, this nobleman is all about multiplication. Are you reading it? I mean, you can call me all you want, Jesus is saying. You can chastise me to the ground. Call me all kind of names, whatever you want to say about me. The only thing I care about is when I look in the bank, do I see multiplication? I see multiplication from the first two, but I see no multiplication from you. That's what he's getting at. He said, the least you could have done, the least that I could have done, is take the money, 
if I don't want to do any work, take it and go invest it. At least when I come back, I see a profit. The noble man is all about multiplication. He's about profit. And he's smart. You know why? Because he knows if people are multiplying in their relationship with him, he knows that they are secured. Are you with me? He knows that not if, no matter what the trial is, no matter what the circumstances is, they're not going to leave him because they're actively working now for him. The one that is, that is, that is keeping his thing in the, in, in the handkerchief, he's concerned about them because they ain't doing nothing. Come on, y'all. And he's trying to send a message to his disciples that he's concerned about people who are doing stuff. And those are the people he considers to be good, faithful servants. That's his thought. Now, we, we can say, hey, listen, Lord, I do whatever I want to do. It's my life. Guess what? It's okay. He's not going to push. He's not going to take over. But he's going to rule. Then finally, finally he said to those who stood by, take the minute from him and give it to him who has ten. But they said to him, Master, he has ten minions. He already has ten. Why would you take the one that this person have and give it to him? For I say to you that to everyone who has will be given. And from him who does not have, even what he has will be what? Taken away. But bring here, fine, let me pause here, will be taken away. In other words, anybody who has a profit will continue to gain. Are you with me? Anyone who doesn't have no profit from what they've been given, it will be taken away. Two kinds of people so far. The good and faithful wicked, and then finally in verse 27, for bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. The citizens. The citizens. The one he referred to before uh, in the earlier verses. Who does not choose to be under his reign. He says, slay them. Harsh words, wouldn't you say? Harsh words. But those are Jesus' words. Because eventually, that's what's going to happen to people who choose not to be under the reign of Jesus. My friends, today, there are three things I just want to quickly leave you with. Three things. If you have given your heart to Jesus, if you have accepted him as Lord and Savior, God has blessed you with something. He has blessed you with the Holy Spirit. He has blessed you with a spiritual gift. He has blessed you with resources. Are you with me? And he wants you to multiply it. Are you with me? He wants every one of us to do something about what he has given to us. So let me say this to you, folks. If you are here today and you love Jesus, but all you do, which is good, your presence is good. 
But if all you do is come to church and you never lift a finger for his church, be careful calling yourself a servant. Are you with me? Do you know what God called this right here that you're in? He calls it his bride. His bride. There's nothing else that he loves. He doesn't love anything more than his bride. And to make this bride look beautiful, to make this bride be productive, every person must do something. I wonder if you're following. I don't care what it is. The, the decision for someone here today who haven't been working for Christ, but working for the world, working for the school, doing all that they can out there, but nothing inside here. This text is for you. And I'm saying his word is true. Is maybe people are saying to Jesus, oh, you said it, but you don't mean it. I wonder if that's what people are saying. You're saying it, but you really don't mean it. You're a loving God. I, I, I say to you, God loves his word. And when he gives his word, if we want to fall under his rule, we'll just take it. And lovingly do what it says. The fact is, maybe before you leave today, maybe you need to come to an elder. Or maybe step over to the pastor. Pastor, what can I be doing for the flock of God? Maybe that's an, a question somebody needs to ask today. Yes, you may give your money to the church, but what God, do you think God needs your money? <laughs> the money is only a sign of faithfulness to God. The Bible said he gives you the energy to go to work. So when you go to work and you do your work and all of that, he's expecting you to be faithful to him. Are you with me? So that's where the tithe, that's where the offering comes in. I mean, you're, you're blessing God flock with that. But God is not interested in that alone. God is interested in your physical labor with his flock. Yes, bless him with your 10%. Bless him with a generous offering to run this church. But at the same time, bless him with your time. Can you imagine? Lord, I don't have no other time for you but Sabbath morning when, I, when I'm listening to the sermon. God is saying, listen, I want more for you. I have so much more that I can bless you with. Would you only trust me? I can make your life more beyond what you're experiencing right now. That's what he's crying out to his people. And crying out to the church. If everyone was working in the church as they should, I can tell you there would be a big difference. But I have to thank the Garland Church family. Let me just say this. There has been a great, I have, actually I've never seen this. This is the first I've seen it. Being a pastor. The people that have signed up to work for the Lord for the next two years have been very encouraging to me. And I know, I know the reason why we didn't have more was simply because those people weren't listed as members. That's it. If, it, if we could have chosen you because you were a member, we would have seen more decisions made for the Lord to serve in this church. So I know that. But I want to say to those people, we need you. <laughs> we do need you. And I, as a pastor, would love to know what area can I have you serve in. I want that to be a prayer. Because guess what? I want you to be a good and faithful one. Hallelujah. 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 
final thing. Yes, God wants us to serve him. You show your love to him by being involved in his church. But God wants you to know how much he loves you. He wants you to know that. And the way he's showing his love for the people in this text is through his rewards. He wants to say, listen, I value your work so much. I value your faithfulness so much that I will reward it in a way that you haven't been thinking about. The reward would be so huge. I know you'd appreciate the reward. But that reward, because of how big it is, it only tells you how much I appreciate you. Are you with me? That's what is happening. He's trying to say people who serve the flock are very important to him and he's going to bless them. I can't wait for what my reward is going to be <laughs> after I see Jesus. Amen? I don't know what it's going to be, but I tell you what, after I see him and we talk, I might say, what do you have in your hands, dear? <laughs> I want to know. All right? And I just want to make sure that every person in this church, whether you're a member or you're not a member, every person get engaged in this flock for Jesus. And if you're here today and you have never accepted the forgiveness of Christ, you have never asked him to come and take full control of your life. You have never reached out to Jesus and said, Lord, I'm, I want you and I want all of you. I want to be under your rule. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I want to say to you today, wherever you are, maybe you are online today, listen to the sermon. I want to say to you, we would love to be by your side and to help you on that journey to connect with King Jesus, the nobleman. You can talk to me today. We have people that we're studying with right now preparing for baptism at the end of this month. We would love to work with you, study with you. Maybe you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. Maybe you have walked away from, from this noble man, King Jesus, and you want to come back to him and join his flock and become a good servant in the flock. We are here to help you. I want to help you with that. That is my mission. And so I don't want you to leave today without making that decision. And so I'm going to ask you, if you truly love the Lord, and if you want to say to Jesus, Jesus, I heard your word. What a good servant, what a faithful servant is, and what that looks like. And you want to say, Lord, I messed up, you know. I messed up. But that's what I want to be. Would you help me? I want to invite you to stand. Lord, I might not have it all together, but I want to say to you, I want to be a good, faithful servant. Praise the Lord. That's what I want to be, Lord. You're online today, you're listening. Maybe that's your desire as well. I want to be a good, faithful servant. Someone who receive the blessings given to them by the Father and works as best as they can 
to multiply it, to do justice to this great gift. Praise the Lord. Let's bow your heads. Bow your heads because as you bow your heads, maybe you're here today and you want to receive Jesus as your personal Savior. Maybe you're here today and you want to say, Lord, I'm rededicating my life before you today. I'm going to invite you just to hold your hands up. Just hold your hands. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my sis. I see your hands. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? Anyone else, Lord? I'm receiving you as Lord and Savior right now. And I want to rededicate, or I want to rededicate my life. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. You speak it so simply at times. You make it so clear at times. It really pierces our hearts. Just to see how much you care for people. How much you want them to be authentic in their relationship with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word today. And I join with all those who are standing, declaring that, yes, you have blessed us with so many gifts. You have blessed us with talents. You have blessed us with resources. You have blessed us with your Holy Spirit. Father, Thank you. Thank you so much. You have blessed us with life and time. Today, we're standing to say before you, in your temple, that we are not here. We don't want to be here to simply occupy. We want to be here to do your business. As Jesus said he was about his father's business, we are here to be at work. We're standing here today to say no more of sitting back. No more of the lifestyle where I only receive. Now we're saying it's now time for action. It's now time to get involved in this great enterprise of sharing Jesus with others and filling this temple to the point where it overflows and we have to build new temples, start new churches. We are here standing before you saying, Father, that we are serious. We want to be about your business. I pray in the name of Jesus. That you bless each and every person here today with all the resources needed. I pray above all that you just bless us and fill us with the might of the Holy Spirit. And may as we work in a unified fashion at this church together, may this church be the church that helps. To make Jesus comes back soon. May we do our part here at this church to hasten the coming of Jesus and to bring people to him so that they shall be saved. For those, Father, who have raised their hands because they're saying, I am rededicating my life before you today, Father. I am coming under your rule again. I ask for a special anointing upon them. I ask, dear Father, that you fill them with your power and grace and help them to know how much you love them and how much you want to save them. I pray that you'll be a forever friend to them and that you continue to lead them 
in their revival. Father, for those who have never given their hearts to you, who have never accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, help them to understand how much more you have in store for them. More beyond. I pray, Father, that they'll accept you now and that they'll make a decision to study and prepare for baptism so that they can join this flock who is on the move for King Jesus. Thank you for the word today. May our lives not only be what it was, but may it be far more, far more richer, far more on fire for you and your kingdom. May we be a changed people going forward today because of your love, we pray. In Jesus' precious name, let the church of the living God say, Amen and Amen.